Welcome to the Century Church Podcast with Dr. Patrick M. Quinn. You can find out more information about Century Church at www.century.church or download our app at the Apple or Google Play Store. Hey, good morning, Century Church family. My name is Patrick Quinn, lead pastor here, and I want to welcome you to our worship service on this July 4th weekend and the final message in the COVID rule, rediscovering what matters the most. Hey, today, I know it's such a holiday weekend for everyone. You're celebrating, you're having a good time, and it is a lot to celebrate as we remember the freedom that we have. Not only the freedom that we have in living in such a great land, but the freedom that we have in Christ. I want to share with you a quote that I love from Franklin Roosevelt. He says, in the truest sense, freedom cannot be bestowed. It must be achieved. In the truest sense, freedom cannot be bestowed. It must be achieved. I love that quote because it tells us that freedom is not free. Freedom is not just going to be arbitrarily given to you. You must achieve it. You must live into it. And this series, The COVID Rule, has been challenging us to live out of a pandemic world. That there are things that God wants us to achieve. There are things that God wants us to do. There are things that God has plans for us and a mission for us. He has blessings for us. But they will not just be merely bestowed upon us. They must be achieved. In other words, we must stay close to the heart of God. Stay close in prayer. Stay close in the things that matter the most to us today in order that we might see the wisdom, see the grace, live into the truth, and experience the hope and love of Jesus. And so today we're concluding this series, The COVID Rule, by a message that I'm entitling the subtitle of our whole series, Rediscovering What Matters the Most. You know, the question today really is then, at at the conclusion of this series, is where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Coming out of such An interesting time in our lives, living through a pandemic that happens every hundred years or so, right? Where do we go from here? We have been diving each and every week into uh, the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Galatia, to the Galatians, and he has this concern for them that we find in chapter 4. He has this, this burden on his heart He wants to see them live far beyond what they are doing right in that moment. He wants to see their church explode. He wants to see people be set free from sin and and, and from the culture around them of that day. He wants them to live into the eternal hope of God. And he has this deep concern about what is happening in their lives. And I just share this with you again in its totality today as we conclude this series Paul's great hope for the church and his challenge to them back then and really his challenge to us now. So listen closely, listen intently to this pastor's words to his church at Galatia. And may they be challenging words for our church in Pike Road, Alabama. In Galatians chapter 4, he writes, Formally, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not God's. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. 
I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you. Where do we go from here? Paul is challenging the church and he's challenging this church with these words today in Galatians chapter 4. Where do we go from here? How do we live out of a pandemic? What are the lessons that we need to take with us? And today, that's what I want to talk about. I want us to sit and and think through what are the necessary lessons that we need to take with us today? What, What are the lessons that we need to apply in a moment such as this? Well, in Exodus, there's this phenomenal story. And, uh, I love this story because it is the beginnings of Moses' journey. And most of us know about Moses leading the people out of Egypt when the song that all the children sing at VBS, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, let my people go. And, and, and everyone remembers though that, that profound story of leading those Israelites across the Red Sea and, and how they journeyed in the desert for 40 years. But long before Moses became this incredible leader, long before Moses becomes this one that we talk about and sing about at VBS, long before Moses became this one that, that we hold up high as this leader that, that, that journeyed with the Israelites through all their grumbling and complaining for 40 years, helping them get to the promised land that God had for them. Long before that, there was things that prepared him for his journey. There was a way forward for him out of some situations that, were, that occurred in his own life that allowed him to be the great leader. If we could look into that for just a moment as we conclude this series, as we prepare in our own lives in this own time to come out of COVID-19, out of a pandemic, out of this current reality, if we could look into Moses' life and learn a few things from Moses in order that we might be more prepared for whatever God has for us on the other side, For none of us know yet what God may call us to do. But if we could take some of these lessons with us out of COVID-19, out of this pandemic, then we might be prepared for one of the greatest adventures of our lives, not only collectively as a church, but maybe individually as well. If we could only look into Moses' life and and have this moment of, of wisdom fall upon us, that we could actually look into it and then know that God may have something for us very similar. Because I believe that God has plans for God's people that are living according His will, that want to draw near to Him, that want to walk with Jesus every day. And God has some things for us 
and maybe just maybe COVID-19 is our opportunity to get ready. Is our opportunity to see the blessings out of the ashes of this situation. Maybe God, no, I know God will use this moment to grow us that we might take on the challenges that are around the corner from this day to actually do something far greater, maybe in our community, in our schools, with our families, in our careers, and ultimately for the kingdom of God. Oh, but in order to do all of that, in order for Moses to have journeyed for 40 years with the Israelites, there were some things he had to get put into his heart. He had to have sharpened in his mind and he had to have a spirit ready for a challenge like leading the Israelites out of Egypt and for 40 years on a journey in the desert. And so as we look at that, as we look at the necessary lessons, the first one that I want to point us out to, I'm going to be in Exodus chapter 2 today as we look at this in concert with what Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. And the first thing is, 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 is hear these words um, in Exodus chapter 2, starting in verse 11. It says, one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. And looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and he hit him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? And the man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. Hey, look, if we're going to take some lessons with us today, the first lesson that I, I feel like we need to take moving out of a pandemic, if we look into the Word of God, hear Paul's concern for the church at Galatia, and live into some of the lessons that Moses applied in his own life ahead of leading the Israelites for 40 years in the desert, is you got to applaud the necessary examples. There are necessary examples that are all around us, and we have to learn to applaud them. You know, Moses, he, did, he, he could look back and, and see now in his life, like long after he, he had killed this, this Egyptian, that Moses needed to put some things in his tool bag. And this was a necessary example of something that happened in his life that he needed to learn from. This was not a high point in Moses' life to have killed somebody. It was a very low point. But what was interesting, that Moses was raised up in Pharaoh's palace. Moses was raised up as royalty. Moses was raised up to get whatever Moses wanted. You got to remember who Moses was. He was practically Pharaoh's child. And, and so in doing so, he, he's raised up in this silver spoon environment where he feels like he can get whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to ask permission. He's used to doing things without permission. And so when he sees this Egyptian beating this Hebrew, he's used to doing things without ever needing any, any permission, needing anyone else's thoughts or advice or, or wisdom about it. And so he kills this man. The interesting thing is he feels like he's done some justice. He feels like he's done something right. He feels like what he has done has helped the Hebrew people. And then we find in that very passage, it's the Hebrew people that are calling him out. When two Hebrews are now fighting, what are you going to kill us too? 
Is this how you do it? You just do whatever you want because you're royalty? You see, because he was Hebrew, because he was Egyptian royalty, or even because of his Hebrew heritage, he thought that he had the right to kill an Egyptian who was beating another man. You see, what I would say to you today is there's no wrong way to do the right thing. There's no wrong way to do the right thing. And he needed this example in his life in order that he could begin to lead well later on the entire nation of the Hebrew people. He needed to be able to apply that later on. So what happens to Moses? Well, we know what happens next is that he runs. He runs because now he knows that, the, that everyone knows what he did. And he's afraid for when Pharaoh finds out what might happen to him. And so he runs. And as he runs, he, we run into the next lesson that Moses needed in order that he might one day be able to re- lead the Israelite people out of Egypt. And the next lesson is to appreciate the necessary education. You see, Moses had left the palace. Moses had left the comforts of all of his life. Moses had left the three awesome meals he probably ate a day or whatever else he had at his fingertips. He left all of the comforts and all of the conveniences. And he finds himself really where? In a desert. And in Exodus chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, we hear these words. When Pharaoh heard of this, heard of this murder... He tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flocks. Some shepherds came along and drove them away. But Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. You see, there was this necessary education that needed to happen for Moses. So he finds himself outside of Pharaoh's, uh, you know, goodwill. He finds himself away from the palace, away from all of the, all of the comforts. And really, that was his best education, was in the tough times, was in the hard times. When he was shepherding, when he was guarding, when he was guiding sheep in the, in the desert and trying to find green pastures. When he was sleeping out under the stars without a roof over his head. When he learned to serve instead of be served. You see, Moses needed to learn to appreciate this necessary education because little did Moses know that he was going to one day spend 40 years in a desert. Shepherding, guiding, guarding. This time not sheep, but this time God's people. He would be sleeping out under the stars without all of the comforts and conveniences of life. He would no more have been able to do that if he would have stayed in the palace, right? He wouldn't have been prepared. He wouldn't have been ready. But God uses this moment this, and gives Moses an incredible education that he's one day going to use. And so if you pick up that lesson to, to applaud the examples in our life that, that you know there's, there's no wrong way to do the right thing, Moses is going to need that lesson. And then to appreciate the education, and the education that he needs to appreciate is you got to serve instead of be served. Moses needed that lesson, serve instead of be served. And then the last lesson that we can learn from today in this story is he prepares 
for this calling to lead the Israelite people is he's got to acquire the necessary experience. He's got to acquire the necessary experience. And in Exodus 2, it picks up in that story in verse 21. And it says, Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. And Zipporah gave birth to a son and Moses named him Gershom saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. And the Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning. And he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. The same concern that Paul had for his people at the church at Galatia. The same concern that now was placed upon Moses as a calling to him with the burning bush. The same calling and this same concern that then Moses shows for the Israelites by becoming their shepherd for 40 years. This concern was a was a was a necessary experience that Moses needed. He needed to be able to acquire this practical experience. And he had all this time there with with a new family, getting married, having a child, and then being called And in all of that time, in all of that losing the conveniences and comforts, Moses learned not only practical experience, but he also gained patience. He gained patience in that moment, in that desert. And not only did he gain patience, but what he learned from that family that became his family was a passionate faith. He reclaimed a passionate faith. And so if we're going to take some lessons with us out of COVID... If we're going to to try to live into this moment and get the most out of it because it's not going anywhere, it happened, it is here, and we must do something with this time, and we have had all kinds of lessons like masking the truth and and learning how important our health really is and and conversations about race and how we treat one another and how we love one another and and, and then to to not live our lives in such a rush and such a hurry to zoom our life away. But what are the lessons that we need to take? Because I'm telling you something, God is going to call on those lessons. And so there are these necessary examples around us today. There are these things that we need to learn that that hopefully we have become well acquainted with again. One of those might be there's no wrong way to do the right thing. Like it's become hard today. And And every time there's a challenge, in that challenge, we could be tempted into taking the wrong path, choosing the wrong way, doing the wrong things. And feeling like it was right or justified. Moses learned. That's not the example. That's not the way that I'm going to lead the people of God out of Egypt. And so the lesson that we need to learn out of COVID. Maybe is just simply there's no wrong way to do the right thing. And and second, the, the education. We're getting an education like many other generations never have had living through a pandemic. We're going to learn so much about ourselves, about one another, about real community, about what we value together, what we value in our own lives, what we value in our families, what we value in our churches, what we value in our communities, what we value as a nation here on the 4th of July weekend. We're going to learn a lot about what we value, what matters the most to us. It's going to be an education. And if we know anything about God and anything about the Bible and anything about the good news of Jesus Christ— 
And anything about surviving through tough times, it's to serve instead of be served. The more we lean into serving one another and loving one another and caring for one another, the stronger we will be on the backside of this and what God may have for us. And then the experience that we're getting out of this. You know, I was thinking about the experience and my great-grandmother, she lived through the Depression. And I hope that we never have to do anything like that, but she lived through the Great Depression and all her life, she would always like hoard things a little bit. And it became a little bit of a joke as, as she got a little older because we would go to a restaurant or something and, and she would roll up in her napkin like all the extra rolls or, or um, take the salt and pepper packets or whatever. And, and she would put all this stuff in her purse. I think one time she actually put silverware from a restaurant, like took the silverware and put it in, the rest, in, in her purse. Like she's like 95 years old or a hundred years old, whatever, right? And, but the point is, is that it was the experience of living through the Great Depression and never taking, never taking things for granted, always being thankful for what she had, the food on her plate. I'm wondering for us what our experiences will be and what we will come out of this more thankful for, more grateful for. So today, as we get ready to take Holy Communion, we have necessary examples, we have necessary education, and we have necessary experiences that I believe if we will lean into those, the Spirit of God, we will see God use those in our next season of life. You may not be called upon to lead the Israelites on a 40-year journey in the desert, but whatever God calls into your life, Maybe, just maybe, taking some time, rediscovering what matters most, will help you live into God's purpose, plan, and perfect will for your life. And so we come to the communion table to give thanks for that. We come to the communion table with gratitude in our hearts. Because we, we come to the table realizing we need God. We need Jesus. My challenge to you today is will you trust God in this pandemic desert? Much like Moses had to learn to trust God in the desert of his own life. Will you trust God in this pandemic desert? You know, there was a great story in Exodus about the people grumbling and complaining about how hungry they were. And God provided manna for the day. Enough that they could eat for that day but enough that they would, but, but not too much that they wouldn't need to depend on God the next day. And maybe learning to trust God in a pandemic moment, in this pandemic desert, is just simply resting with manna for the day. To look around and see that God has indeed provided for each one of our needs, that through our prayers, through our staying close to God and His Word, through our worshiping together, through us, building our faith and growing step-by-step step closer to God, that manna for the day is all we really need. And so in that, God invites us to his table today. And I would like for us to think of this table as manna for the day. That this table is much like that table in the desert. That we need, we need manna for the day. But God, we're not asking you to provide for the rest of the days of our life far in advance. We trust you, God.
that if we can come to this table today and say, we trust you, God. And so right now, I invite you, you know, just go get some bread, crackers, whatever you have around you. If you have some grape juice, that's fine. Or some people have apple juice, tea, whatever. This is about the spirit of communing with God, both in this room and well beyond into your living rooms. That we desire to be at your table, God. That we desire for manna for the day. Because that's what matters most. The physical manna, but more importantly, the spiritual manna that you can provide to us, God. And so, go get whatever you can get and uh, let's celebrate Holy Communion together and recognize that God has indeed provided through His Son, Jesus Christ, who invites us to His table, all who love Him and seek to grow into His likeness. And so on the night in which He gave Himself up for us, He took the bread, He gave thanks, He broke it, and He said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And after the supper was over, He took the cup, and He gave thanks, and He gave it to the disciples, and He said, Take and drink, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you may. Hey, will you go to the Lord in prayer with me? Almighty God, we bow before you today. And we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and juice and make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be the body of Christ for the whole world to see. And Lord Jesus, we pray right now that as we come to your table, as we commune in in every living room, as this table stretches out far and wide into the homes of every family, that Lord, that we come humbly acknowledging that it is simply manna for the day. And oh, how we need to trust you in this pandemic desert. And Lord, we thank you that you would indeed invite us. That you would invite us into this sacred meal where we could commune with you and be reminded of your great promises. Where Lord, where where you have surely through this moment in time molded and shaped us with several lessons that will endure, lessons that will grow us, and lessons that you intend on using for your good and perfect plan in the future. That we might be ready to lead and to live into your callings because of this moment. God, thank you for allowing us to rediscover what matters most. Thank you, God, for freedom, freedom in our country and freedom that you have provided to us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we commune at this table now. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.